again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am your Gungeon Master, Andrew, with me, the guy who won't stop playing with his twin sticks, Keith. Hello. And the one who only plays with one stick, Liz. Hey, <laughs> hey guys. And this week, we are going over Enter the Gungeon by Dodge Roll Studios and developed by Devolver. So this game... If you can figure out from my intro, is a twin-stick shooter, roguelike. Starting off, you're one of four Gungeoneers. There are some more you can unlock later in the game, but you essentially are going down into this Gungeon and essentially just finding various weapons, and you're just trying to get to the end of the fifth chamber where you are trying to get a gun where you can kill the past. Because each of your characters has this horrible moment in their past that they want to kind of erase. So they're trying to go down there to erase the past. So this game, essentially, you just keep doing these runs, and every time you're unlocking something, it eventually will later become available in another run. But if you die, you start all over again, as any typical roguelike is. So, starting off, going around, everyone, is this a game or a pass? Keith, this was your pick, so start us off. I think this is definitely a game. It's it's a ton of fun. I unfortunately didn't get as much time with it this week as I wanted to, but it's a game I'm going to keep picking up over and over again and it's a lot of fun so game i'm gonna give it a game too i guess it's unanimous i'm giving it a game as well this game right at the beginning i honestly fell in love with (laughs) this game has so much charm that i I just love it everything about it because the story is very simplistic the story is very much like ah there was this ancient castle that had great power and a giant bullet came out of the sky and crashed into it and opened up the gungeon and created this weapon of mass power that could shoot the past and that's like essentially the basics of the story and that's kind of it but as you're playing this game you're kind of learning more about the world where you're from like you're in a world called gungany which is inhabited by various creatures and bullets and whatnot and there was apparently a hierarchy government and there's an alien war like there's a whole bunch of kind of like small side story stuff nothing too crazy but it's just kind of fun but i just love the way the game told the story at the beginning it was just like three, four seconds. It was really quick, but I thought it did a really good job setting the game up. See, I, when I was watching you play, I thought I was going to hate it. I was like, this looks awful. And then I started playing it, and I actually really enjoyed it. I was surprised. Yeah, I kind of figured this would be a game that you would actually like, Liz. Maybe not as much as, you know, like, say, Graveyard Keeper, but <laughs> it it has a... I, Andrew used the word charm, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's kind of cute, and it's it's cheeky in its own way kind of fun but yeah it's it's not very difficult it's i think as andrew always likes to say easy to pick up hard to master is what this game is man you're just copying all my phrases Mm -hmm. maybe original keith i think i always struggle with roguelike games because i really struggle progressing i don't i get to the same point every single time and maybe it's because i'm not as adaptable but I like games where I see progression. And in this game, I keep getting stuck on like level three or four. I played hours and hours and hours, and I'm just like not seeing myself go forward. And I keep unlocking more things, which obviously carries on, but you still start over. And so for me, I think the genre is okay for like a week, and then I'm just done with the game. Like I just an hour here, an hour there, and then I probably won't pick it up too often but i mean like that's what i generally like about roguelikes it is just something you just can pick up and really quick it's really just like fast like 20 minutes here you die all right i'm done i'll play again later the ending is also kind of anticlimactic 
I, I cheated. I looked <laughs> online because I knew I was never going to finish it. it. Yeah, I knew I was never <laughs> going to finish it. And same with like Dead Cells. Like I enjoyed Dead Cells, but I knew I wasn't going to finish it. So you might as well look up the ending. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. But it does have a lot of charm throughout it. But just for me. I mean, but for me, you're not playing the game for the story. So like I kind of had a feeling that this end was going to be a bit anticlimactic. But that's fine. It's not what you're playing for. You're not like, oh, I want to learn about this character. No, I feel like you just play the, the game loot. to throw that guy's helmet down over and over and oh over again. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> the funniest thing. So in the game, you're you're not only unlocking weapons, but there's some NPCs that you find in cells that you get. And they'll sell you more things or maybe give you some new game modes when you're exploring the dungeon. And there's this one guy, the first time I did it, just cracked me up. It's this little alien in a yellow spacesuit, and when you free him, he goes back to the home base, and he's sitting on a ledge with his helmet to the side, and you just kick his helmet off, and every time his reaction just cracks me up, and it's just, it, it just like the look on him just always made me laugh. And then, of course, you'd have to go back and rescue the guy, because he'd go in the gungeon and get his helmet back, but then we'd get captured. So even though you're doing the same thing over and over again with the guy, it just made me laugh. And then but, doesn't he eventually, like, chain it so you can't do it anymore? Yeah, eventually, yeah. He chains it and also gives you an item so you stop doing it. But that's what I mean. This game just has so much, like, charm to it. And it is, of course, loaded, and I use that pun intentionally, with just <laughs> tons of pop culture references. And, of course, various games. So I saw there's Star Wars references, there's Halo references, Gears of War, Ninja Turtles I saw. I don't know, what other ones you guys say? Uh, I don't know if I really caught many of them. Was there a Futurama one you yep. said? Yeah, there's a future. You would get the gun from Futurama, the episode where they have to wind up the gun and it does uh, Pop Goes the Weasel when they wind it up. See, things go over oh, my the head. wind-up gun? Yep. I only really would catch things if I was looking through the Ammonomicon, as it calls it. But, yeah, I just... I, if nothing else, though, all of the guns were just really entertaining. And while they'd have just your standard, here's an M16, here's an AK-47 or whatever, there's just so many weird little guns like the silencer for example which shot pillows no no it was a pillow but it shot i couldn't figure out what it was shooting it kind of looked like anvils but it wasn't it itself was a pillow and i love that gun that gun was really strong you just found one a gun that shot actual rifles yes it was it was a <laughs> shell so it was a shotgun shell that shot shotguns and then the shotguns that got shot also shot bullets so it just created just a hectic mess. It was really good against bosses. Whoever designed the weapons in this game must have had the funnest job. They probably just, of course, put just obviously tons of references from other things. Like I got the uh, Grasshopper from Men in Black, the tiny pistol that, of course, when you shoot, it does like this massive bullet. So like uh-huh. the person who just designed these guns just must have had the funnest job because there's a ton of guns in this game. And of course I love too. so many of them are puns. Like I had the mahogany. So of course it was a, a gun made out of wood that of course shot like explosive pine cones. It's just like, ah, that must have been such a fun job for this game. <laughs> I feel like I had such a hard time finding the good guns. I feel like it was either all or nothing. There were some times that I went through the different floors and I couldn't find any good weapons. There was a time that we played together. At level three, we were fighting the boss and we both had our starter pistols. Yeah. So I feel like it's really a gamble on what guns you're going to get because there are sometimes I didn't get any good ones. Yeah, that was, I think, maybe one of my few complaints or at least things that I would put in the negative category if I were to put some negatives to this game is the loot was a little bit sporadic. You could generally always count on about the same amount of money or per floor there. Yeah, just about. But as far as like your guns, keys, treasure boxes and stuff, it was kind of just always a crapshoot. And 
I think the the starter gun was pretty much always effective enough that you could get by, but it just wasn't as fun as when you got to play with all the different guns. But sometimes the level one would just in, get insanely hard. Like you'd play uh, a couple rounds and keep dying, and all of a sudden you'd start level one, and you'd be. There's one time there was a room that I was bombarded by dozens of enemies, like literally dozens, and it was the first level, and I just had a pistol, and they kept coming and coming and coming, and I was like, what the heck. I mean, that's always kind of what you get when you play, like, procedurally generated games like this. It's just, even though, like, the layout would kind of change a bit, you would kind of notice that some rooms were the same kind of set piece. And you could kind of figure out the design of some of them or a little bit of where, like, the pass could go. But there was no way you could really be like, oh, I'm going to take this right and the boss will be there. So it was always kind of random, but the tiles themselves were always kind of the same, if that makes any sense. Like, you're not going to go into a room that's randomly going to be filled with just a thousand gunpowder barrels. There's always kind of these set maps that you have. Yeah, I also hated the rooms that were just a very narrow corridor. Yeah, just a small corridor. Because it's like you either have to roll into the enemy because there's, like, nowhere to go or just get hit. Oh, there's quite a few times I would just go running into those rooms blindly and not realize what I was doing. And then, whoops, that's right into a bullet. Or into a cliff occasionally. That happened a few times. Yeah, the roll mechanic in this game, your main form of dodge, was really interesting. Because when you roll, only the first, like, 50% of it, you're actually invulnerable. But then, like, when you hit the ground and you're actually rolling more, you can get hit by bullets. The dodge is just a really, like, strong skill thing. Where it's not like, oh, it's just super easy. You just dodge around in a room and you're going to be invulnerable the entire time. No, you really have to do a good job timing it. And make sure you're also not rolling into another bullet. Yeah, it took me a long time to really catch on to that, I guess. And I don't know if I ever really fully realized it. I just learned to adapt it, or, or adapt around it, rather. Even if I didn't necessarily know what was happening. It's almost like you would dive over the bullets. And then, yeah, once you hit the ground, you could be hit again. But, I don't know. I, I felt like everything kind of becomes predictable enough that you know what to look for, at least. Yeah, that's one thing also that I absolutely love about this game, now that you mentioned it, Keith, is everything, I think, is so well telegraphed. Like, you can clearly see enemy bullets. You can clearly see where enemies are spawning. So anytime I got hit, I always felt like it was my fault. There was never anything like, what the heck was that? This, like, random laser beam came out of the ground or something like that. Everything I just felt like was so obvious as to what it was. This is clearly a spike trap. This is clearly this guy's bullet. This is clearly an enemy's going to spawn here. So that's one thing I really liked about this game. I always felt like it was fair. There are some things that aren't transparent, though. Because when we were figuring out the fireplace, because it opens a secret room. Well, that's for a secret, though. True, but, I mean, it's very obvious that you do something with it. And they make it so difficult to get that achievement, I feel like. Yeah, so what Liz is talking about, there's always a set room on each chamber floor. So when you start the game, the very first floor, you're always going to run into this room. It's a giant room with a fireplace with a picture above it. And it took us a while to figure out like what the deal is with it. But there's actually a water barrel in that room. And you're supposed to push the water barrel into the fireplace. And then the other part we couldn't figure out is once you douse the fire, you're supposed to hit A in the fireplace and it opens a secret door. But then you need two keys. Yep. To open the secret path. Then you go down the secret path and you go to a secret level. Then in the secret level, there is an armor piece you pick up. Which you- once you pick up, you can't get hit or you lose the armor piece. And so you have to bring this armor piece to the second floor, which there's an altar always on the second floor. And then you're supposed to put that armor piece on the altar place. So there's a lot of steps in this game. Which means that you can't get hit by the boss. Yes. And that's never going to happen for me. (laughs) Well, that's why you need to fight the boss and then go pick up the armor piece. 
Oh. Yeah. I forgot you can do that. You can defeat the boss and then go back. So this is obviously for a secret. Like, this isn't how you beat the main game. Well, actually, to fully beat the game, you're supposed to collect these various pieces of a bullet to create actual ammunition for the gun that can shoot in the past. That's how you beat, get the true ending in the game. But, yeah, this game just has a lot of little secret stuff to it that is kind of... You really do just have to look up a wiki, unfortunately. Because it took me a while, too, to figure out that some guns... If you have a gun and then another type of gun, it'll actually buff both the guns and you'll actually get like stronger versions of them. Or if you get like a certain item, like a passive item and a gun, it'll upgrade that gun. Like if you get the M1, which is a sniper rifle, if you get the scope, it becomes a more powerful sniper. But if you get a ammo pack with it, it'll actually become like a faster rate of fire with it. So there's like various things, but nothing tells you this. There's some things that we learn the hard way, too. Like, you can't shoot near the shopkeeper or he overcharges you and he gets yep. really mad. Because <laughs> you just go right in. And for me, like, yeah, I just that's start pretty shooting. Funny. Yeah, because you got a new gun. You're like, I want to test fire this gun. Exactly. You just start shooting it around and it gets bad at you. Yeah, but you usually don't have enough money to spend much more than maybe one thing on there anyways. Yeah, that's true. But then, of course, then there's, like, another guy who's in a grate who just pops up and says, do you have anything for my collection? For the longest time, I had no idea what to do with this guy. Then I found out if you hold down on the D-pad, you drop your gun. And if you drop it on the grate, he takes it and gives you a bunch of money. Okay, that's kind of cool. But that's what I like about this game is, is you say, sure, you might just want to look up a wiki on it. And I get that if you're trying to get as much out of it in as little amount of time as possible. But... I was looking at it. There's people on my friends list who have over five days worth of gameplay in this game. Wow. And I think that's fantastic because for a game that's so truly repetitive, it's nothing more than just a roguelike. It's just so big, but not on the surface. It's like an iceberg. Yeah, but I just wish there was at least something, like some way to kind of give you some information. Like you have the Ammonomicon, which is essentially just like your inventory. If you pick up something, you can go to it and it kind of gives you quick description of it and maybe a humorous backstory but a lot of times it's vague and then like i said some items will buff other items but there's nothing that tells you that and even then when it buffs it it doesn't tell you how in which way it buffs it like you kind of just got to figure it out which is kind of frustrating sometimes so that's why i think like you kind of need to look up a wiki on this game which is kind of frustrating but yeah there is a lot of stuff you just kind of figure out on your own and kind of just by playing it well, I think, too, you have all the different characters as well. You have the original four, and I feel like they all play so differently that it gets fresh and exciting when you switch characters. So you can put a lot of time into the game, and it still kind of feel new. Yeah, for sure. And I, the the countless amount of guns, it's just for the amount of time that we all played and, and whatnot, I feel like we probably only scratched the surface of the guns. So I think there's just so much to it, and... If you don't like the type of game or you're not, you don't like the gameplay, yeah, it's not going to be for everybody. But I think if you like roguelikes and you like twin stick shooters, this game is just tons of fun. And I think it's really a lot bigger than some others you might run into, personally, at least. Yeah, it's small but big as kind of a way to describe it. Because even then, the, yeah, that's what this I said. game is it's small. In the this game is like a gig big. Hey, you copy all the things I say, so I'm copying what you say now. So, yeah. No, I steal your phrases, not your ideas. <laughs> but yeah, this game's like only like a gig big. But yeah, there's there's a lot to it, and there's a there's a lot of replayability to this game, which as it is with most roguelikes. 
I think one thing that's kind of crazy with this game is that when you go to buy something or you pick something up, you don't know anything about it until you purchase it, until you equip it. And same with the characters, like when you go to select a character, you have to like select the character and then look at all their added things for that character. But I thought that was weird, especially with the, with the guns when you go to buy. It's like, do I really want to spend like 70 shells or coins or whatever on this when I don't know what it does? You yeah. Know? Because sometimes I'm like, is this an active item? Is this a passive item? Is this a gun? Because some guns don't even look like guns. One is a a giant box. (laughs) Yeah, or a giant wooden crate or a barrel. And it's like, is this actually a gun or is it an item? So a lot of times you just don't even know. When I was looking up the ending, the guy said that he found that the pilot was the easiest character. Do you guys? He's generally the one I do best with. Him and the Marine. Yeah, me too. And I love the weapons because the girls start out with... An, an extra weapon and i actually really enjoy them but for some reason i always do better with the pilot and the marine so i, I tend to stick with them because i think they have the better passive items the, what i like about the pilot is that he has an item where he has a chance to pick open the lock of a chest but if you screw it up the lock is busted and you can't like use a key on it but fun fact you can actually shoot a chest and break it open the majority of the time you're just going to get junk you break the item that's in it but every once in a while you actually get the item and in this game, if you play, I forget her name, one of the girls, you can pet the dog. Oh, yeah, the hunter. You can actually and pet her dog. Out, She's yeah. a little pet dog. Is that the point of the dog? No. Or can you actually do anything? Yeah, the it? dog will randomly dig in spots and give you, like, health or coins or a key. Like, it finds hidden items for you. Uh, that explains it. Like, I don't think I necessarily noticed it more than a couple times. But yeah, there was one time randomly like a key or a treasure chest popped up or something. I was like, huh? Yep, that was from your dog. But I didn't put that together. Oh, neat. Good job. Good pup. Uh, but another great feature of this game, unfortunately you, I don't know if, you, I doubt you tried it at all, Keith, but this game does have co-op. Unfortunately though, it's only couch co-op. But I think it makes sense. The way how fast this game is, you have to be communicating and it, it, I think it just makes sense to be in the same room. I found, too, that playing co-op, I feel like Andrew doesn't believe me, but I always <laughs> did worse when I was with him because I would think that I was him or I would just get discombobulated like with his bullets. Like I don't know. Like For me, I just did a lot worse. I kept dying and he'd have to keep wasting the chest because when he opens a chest and I'm dead, it respawns me and doesn't get anything. So I more felt bad when I played with him. <laughs> but, I mean, you also did help a lot. So if your character dies, she becomes a ghost and can actually disperse some bullets so you're kind of like a small blank but you have to wait for it to charge so you kind of have to figure out when the best time is to use it because they usually attack in a certain order so you can kind of gauge what's coming up yeah but i actually really enjoyed this co-op like it it was something really simple like it was fun yeah it was was just something fun i think than playing by yourself yeah but it was it still was very difficult like, you would kind of think, like, oh, having two people, like, that's double the firepower. This is probably makes it so much easier. I couldn't figure out if they scaled the enemies, if it took more bullets to kill them. I don't think it did. You didn't get more things either. Yeah, I so... felt like you were getting we were getting less items in general. Did you share money or... Yes, you would share money. You'd get your own blanks. You'd get your own blanks and you'd get your own health and you would have your own guns. Yeah, I feel like, though, we never got any guns when we played together. I mean, obviously we got some... But I would always get like the, I thought the lasers were kind of garbage. I always get like the laser ones that don't do a lot of damage. And sometimes it was just hard to find them at all when I played with you. But when I played by myself, I got a ton. Yeah. So if you have someone at home with you, I I would recommend this game. I think it's a really fun couch co-op game. And the first time that 
you die if you're the side character, you actually have an ability to revive someone. And so Andrew would always pick up my ability and revive me. So you kind of get like one free one. But like <laughs> I would die so many times. So well, there's plenty of footage of me and Liz playing on my stream, on my mixer. So you can go check that out. And I'm sure I'll actually probably put some of it on YouTube. But I uh, may not be have the audio on our YouTube. But it was always funny. Liz always had the same phrases of... How did that happen? Every time I revived her with her own <laughs> item, because she'd always forget that I'd pick up her item to revive her. She'd always say, I swear I do better when I play solo. And then she would always say, mm-hmm. I thought it was you. I thought it was you. <laughs> Every time. And you'll probably watch it and be like, Liz, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Oh, Liz, you went there. <laughs> or you see me fall in. or. I have a question. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably the only question for Liz. Now, when I would try to dodge, I would focus so much on the bullets I was trying to dodge that I think I actually ran into them by mistake. Oh, of course that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> does, does this make sense to you, Andrew? Probably not, because, you know, you're so good. <laughs> you guys more focus on the bullets travel and not where your character's position is? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I've learned that, to not I do start that. drifting myself towards them. It, yeah, it's about the gameplay, I think, or... You know, the best way is just really look for the open space and, as you said, follow your character. But no, I tend to follow the bullets, and that's usually when I got myself got. But uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, Keith, since you asked Liz that question, to add more clarification to kind of my uh, intro here. Did you ever turn on the auto-aim, Keith? I never first understood what it meant, but Liz has never played a twin-stick shooter before. So she always played with just one of the joysticks, or she just moved her character, and the character just aimed at the enemies automatically. So she never used the second joystick well, to in actually all aim. Clarification, though, sometimes auto aim because I did at the beginning try the two sticks, and it wasn't terrible. But with auto aim, it will you shoot an enemy, and before the enemy's even dead, it'll switch to a barrel that's right next to you. So sometimes auto aim kind of sucks. I just want to clarify that. No. But yeah, Keith, did you use two or one? So I had auto aim on like from the very beginning or auto, I think it says aim assist. So I was like, oh yeah, I'll turn that down. I thought that'll be pretty easy. It wasn't until, I don't know, a few hours in that I finally realized that, yeah, it was just if you took your hand off the right stick and aim and shot. So I ran around with it for a while. It was a lot of fun. Made for some nice lazy running through. But for the most part, yeah, I stuck with the twin stick because... I preferred to be able to focus on the enemies I wanted to without having to basically run alongside them. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's actually not as easy as it makes it sound. It does make it a lot easier, but kind of got to get close to enemies. So you're on some dangerous territory. <laughs> I also wanted to say, too, that I changed the controls up because I thought that the controls were kind of like counterintuitive. Like using right bumper for shooting, I think. Was that how it originally yeah, was? Yeah, it's originally right bumper shoot, left bumper is dodge left trigger is your map right trigger is your active item it was just it was kind of backwards yeah so for me i much prefer to use the triggers for something like shooting yeah so i switched it to that and i thought that was a lot more helpful i actually never made that change but yeah i do think that is a great point though and i wish i had (laughs) but that is just another great feature about this game is surprisingly not a lot of games let you customize your button configurations but this game does this game actually has some pretty impressive options it's actually funny at the bottom of the screen too of the options there's speed run mode where it actually puts a timer so you can time your score and then there's beast mode which for the longest time we're like what the heck does this do because anytime we try to turn it on like we didn't notice anything different it wasn't until i looked up on the wiki it says 
it's more of a joke to make fun of other games to have a harder difficulty, but they just put it in this game as a joke, and it actually has no gameplay effect. But there is an achievement to beat the game with Beast Mode on, so might as well turn that on for you. It's another another helpful tip for you. I swear I felt like I was getting more or getting less money when I was playing on that mode, so I turned it off, but apparently that was all in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do like the the options and we didn't catch it at first, but this game has just like a lot of really small things that quality of life make the game so much nicer. Uh, like the one I pointed out to you that when you're out of combat, your character just runs faster. So if you're trying to run around through the dungeon or the gungeon rather, you can get around a lot quicker. Yeah, which also is a nice you can feature. teleport, which is a really nice feature as well. But one of my favorites was also another out of combat thing is it automatically turned your mini map on and it put it up in the upper right hand corner. Yeah. So you kind of always had visibility to where you were going, which Liz might have helped you because then, you know, go guns and blazing into the shopkeeper because, <laughs> you know, he's there. Yeah. I remember Andrew and I were playing together and we got something that made us go faster. It was made us both go faster. Yep. And it, it made it a lot harder when you had the rooms that had the gaps because I always found myself almost falling in. So for me, it's like I loved it. But at the same time, I was like, I think I'd rather go slower. Yeah, there's some rooms where there's actually like pits and you actually have to roll over them because there's no jump. You just have your roll. So you have to roll over them. And of course, Liz would struggle a little bit with them, but you got better at them. But with the rolls, though, the reason why it messed me up is because when you roll, it has you land at the very edge of the next one. And so if you have multiple gaps that you're going to be going over, I found myself hitting back because it looks like you're going to roll over, but you're not. And I would always instinctively hit back, so I would go over and it would just fling me into the pit. So that's something, if you're like me, you might want to look out for. But I also wanted to ask you guys, what did you think of the boss battles in this game? So there's five chambers and each one is a boss. The last boss, I think, is always the same. It's the drag gun. Some were so much easier than others. Like, yeah. When you fought the one bullet, like it was so much easier than if you fought the twin bullets. Or sometimes you would fight the bird man. Yeah, in a room that had blockades, so you could just hide and then go around the corner and shoot. But if you're in an open room with him, it's harder. So I just thought it was a weird difficulty spike with them. See, I like that, though. Because, again, this is one of my favorite things about roguelikes, is it just kept things different. You kind of never knew what you were going to get. And even just the, the scenery changes with the same boss. Yeah, to your point, it gave you a little bit of spike in difficulty at certain points. But I don't think it was so egregious that it was... I don't know, negative on the game. I'd At agree. least not for me. Yeah. But but I'm not and I'm not saying it was, you know, or that you really were, but I didn't find it that bad at least. Yeah, I love the bosses. So for me, I'm big into dad jokes and puns, and this <laughs> game is littered with them. So of course I love the bosses. So you have like the double tap lead twins, you have the king on the the lead throne, you have the gore gun, the dragon. I don't know. I just I always loved just the boss names. They're always kind of clever and cheeky. The the Amoconda. The boss fights I always thought were really fun because, of course, they're just like these skill dances. They always kind of do the same attacks, so you kind of know what's happening. But they were always just a lot of fun to kind of figure out, oh, I need to dodge this way or I need to weave through the bullets through this. Or I have a hard time with this one. Maybe I'll use one of my blanks to clear the map. So... I, I love the boss fights. And another helpful tip, if you kill a boss without getting hit once, you get a mastery bullet, which ends up increasing your max health count. And I think it gives you a little bit of stat increase. But yeah, so whenever you fight a boss, always try to not get hit and you'll get an extra item. 
Is it really a tip if you're just saying play better in the game rewards you? <laughs> well, yes, because I would get these every once in a while and I could never figure out. I'm like, why am I getting these? And eventually I figured out, oh, it's because I didn't get hit by the boss. All right, I guess. I'll allow it. Slightly off topic, I also really like that the game gave you things to strive towards outside of the main mission. So, for instance, there's a guy that asks you to kill 200 bullets or 60 of the blobs. So I like that there's these little things, too, that keep it interesting. Yeah. Frifle's Challenge is what they were called. But yeah, you don't, unfortunately, you don't get him to like, later in the game. I wish you got him pretty early. Yeah, I never got him. I would have liked to have done that. What, what did you get when you did the challenges? Whenever you did a challenge, he would give you a bunch of the uh, cash like- money. He, yeah, he'd give you a bunch of the cash money, which you could use to buy more guns. And every once in a while, he'd actually reward you with a gun. Like, he gave me the elephant gun, which is like a double-barrel shotgun that was really good. And then there's also the guy that asks you to fill out the map for him. Yep. And that was pretty easy. I mean, that's all you have to do is enter all the rooms. Yeah, and then he would always give you a good item. So, speaking of the rooms, actually, I feel like you went through them a little more than I did, Andrew. I don't know how far into the later ones you got as much list, but did it seem like the rooms at least got bigger? Not necessarily the entire map, but, like, some of the rooms would just be really big. Yeah. big as you got to the third and fourth dungeon rooms and i never got to the fifth one so when i played with andrew i would always get further he carried the team and i did notice that yeah i mean you would kind of get the corridor maps a little bit higher but yeah when you got farther in you would get these really big rooms it's because you were generally going against these enemies that would just spray the room with bullets so they wanted to kind of have a more open space for you to kind of dodge and run around in. Which is harder for co-op because if Andrew's up high, like I can't go down lower. To yeah, you share the same screen. Exactly, yeah. So if someone's mm-hmm. shooting at me from below and I can't get close to him to figure out where he is, and like I said, auto-aim doesn't always work, then that kind of stings. I'd have to go back up to Andrew. Yeah, it's one of the handicaps of playing co-op. Yeah, that makes sense though. But yeah, that's that's a good point. I didn't really think of that. I noticed the bigger rooms, but... I didn't really put together the reason for it. But I do like that, as I like most things in this game. But the one thing I think is really kind of striking on this game is generally the art style of this game. Because I loved... Each floor had its own unique characteristics. So, like, the first one is a very generic castle. Then the second one, you got, like, the black powder mine. So it's a very cavernous place. Then you have, like, the graveyard. You have the secret area that's, like, a sewer. But every map felt different. And then I just loved the enemy designs. They were, all, they were pretty easy to recognize. Like, oh, this guy is the pistol guy. He's going to shoot like this. Oh, this guy is clearly the shotgun guy. He's going to shoot like that. Or you could tell based on the bullets. It's like, oh, crap, the Iron Maiden's here. Yeah, so you could kind of figure out who you're going against, even if they're off the screen. And I absolutely love that about this game. I thought the art style in this game was really good. Yeah, I loved it all, too. And I know a lot of times we talk about just reskinning characters. And largely, that's what this game does. But... I think it does it in a way that it makes a lot more sense, I guess, too. It does. It feels a little bit more fun because, like, you'll have the bullets that they're still just, you know, a pistol, but they've got, a you know, the eye patch on and they do a double shot or whatever it may be. So, I don't know. What I think, to your point, is, is, yeah, if they weren't distinct enough by the way they looked, they were at least distinct in the way they shot. So, yeah, I agree. It was awesome. Well, I was just going to say, too, it actually, it's kind of funny when you think about it. Like, all of the enemies are actual bullets, but no bullet in the game, aside from maybe, like, the anvil in, is an actual bullet that you shoot. Everything's just, like, a little red orb or, or color of some sort. But the enemies are actual bullets. Oh, yeah. 
thought that's kind of a weird design choice or kind of a fun design choice. Well, though you actually shoot bullets too. Like if you get the the uh, machine pistol, like you see the bullet shells. I suppose, but you don't see like a bullet being fired. Everything kind of just looks like a straight line or a wavy line or like an orb of some sort. It seems like yeah, for the most part. But... Some some do have very unique things like teacup or whatnot, but I don't know. I'm not saying it's like a, a huge thing. I just thought it was kind of interesting. It is. But I mean, I think it's just kind of one of those things that adds to the charm of this game. But yeah, like the thing that first like sold me on this game with like like how charming it was is the intro music because I absolutely loved the intro music. Like I actually awesome. don't mind keeping the game up hearing that intro music. But even then, like the music when you're entering the dungeon, sorry, the gungeon, <laughs> it is a bit repetitive, but it works so well. Like I never got sick of it because it always had like your basic music, but then when you actually got in a fight. It would go into a fight music, and same with, like, there was a boss music, but it was always the same, but I always liked it. Like, it never felt repetitive to me. I mean, I thought it was okay. It was nice. I didn't think it was exceptional by any means, except for the intro song. That is amazing. But yeah, yeah. I thought the rest of the music was just kind of, like, what I was expecting. Nothing more, nothing less. I kind of agree with Liz. It was just sort of there, and it didn't do much for me, but it definitely didn't bother me at all. I, I know that, and even though a lot of it was just kind of repetitive, it, it at least changed enough that it didn't feel too annoying. And that's what I liked about it. But you at least noticed it. You guys aren't with yeah. the it-was-there kind of stance. <laughs> no, what? well, the big thing is I felt like it did fit perfectly with the sort of 8-bit cartoony or arcadey feel. Like, it felt like I could just hear that playing on, you know, like a giant stand-up arcade game. So it's... Yeah, it felt like fit. Yeah. But I will say, though, as charming as this game is, though, the thing that really stands out on it is just how difficult it is. And I think you can clearly see that with the achievements, because this game is absolutely not for achievement hunters. The achievements in this game are very difficult, but I think are worth it, though. Like, they, they do challenge you to do things, but this game itself is already so hard. And then you have these achievements that are like, that just need work. It also stinks too, though, because we played a lot of co-op together, and when we were playing under yours, I didn't get any achievements. So it kind of stinks when you put in so much time into the game, and you don't really get any rewards from that. But Liz, you're so much better when you play solo. How did you not get any <laughs> achievements? Because I didn't look strange. them up. Like I didn't know that I had to knock 100 enemies into the pit and things like that. Which, I mean, I guess I could have, but I struggled so much with the game that like the fact that they didn't happen naturally, I don't think i would have gotten very far with the achievements so i have a weird question for you andrew i know as far as gamer score goes this is not an achievement hunter game but i kind of feel like it is in the sense is that everything you have to work so hard for in this game that this is like an achievement hunter's dream in a way because there's actual challenge involved in it but maybe i'm wrong no i mean for i would say still no because generally achievement hunters are playing games that you can kind of pop in, play a few hours, and get, like, a maximum number of score. This game is... Yeah, I feel like that's an achievement collector. No, yeah, an achievement collector would maybe like this, where you're going for trying to get everything and, like, working hard for it, but, like... Or a masochist. Or, yeah. <laughs> Possibly that. But this game, it just it requires a lot of time to kind of work and get these achievements. Because a lot of them... So, like I said, to kill a boss without getting hit, you get a mastery bullet. And there's an achievement to get all five mastery bullets. So that means you basically do a perfect run of this game. Like, that's that's hard. Not for a noob. Yeah, no. that's why I wouldn't say it was for achievement hunters, because achievement hunters, they don't want to spend 
months at a time trying to just get all the achievements for this one game. They'd rather play My Little Pony that gives you an achievement for just pressing start. Is it really? No. There was a Simpson game that gave you an achievement for pressing start. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah, so I wouldn't recommend it for Achievement Hunters. Because, Keith, how did we all do this week with achievements? Not great. It's barely <laughs> worth talking about. I had one. <laughs> Fifteen. What, what one achievement did you get? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, so I got one achievement, and that was completing the tutorial. Good job, Keith. Liz also completed the tutorial, so congratulations, Liz, on doing oh, that. Thanks. And I guess she killed a boss covered in glitter, or Andrew did. And she was present. <laughs> no, I must have done it too because we didn't. Share. No, yeah, no. Uh, we actually, Keith is right. I had the mailbox and we were playing co-op. I actually remember this because I remember you got. I was like, oh, I wanted no, that achievement. No, oh, I. Yeah, it's when oh. we were playing co-op under your name. I remember we did that. But that's the luck of the draw because you have to find that gun and then know to use that gun to kill the boss, like with the final bullets. Yeah. So that one's kind of tricky. Yeah. So Le- Andrew, however, got seven. Ugh, overachiever. For a big 120 points. Big <laughs> overachiever. We really crushed it this week <laughs> when it came to achievements. It's not a very, very achievement-friendly game. At least not if you're just trying to get them in a week. Because I put a lot of hours into it. Like a lot. Yeah. That's sad. To that point. So if I look at hours played, Liz, you are third on my list. Andrew beat you by about five hours. About 20 and 24 hours. For 20 and 25 hours i apparently only put in about six and a half hours i put in almost 21 hours in this like that's crazy yeah. i didn't realize i played that much maybe it was one of those things where it was counting hours while andrew was signed into your xbox or something i don't know because when it comes to enemies killed you somehow only have about 700 more than i do and then andrew has 7400 just about I'm at 2,200, so... Oh, that's weird, because yeah. I really did put in a lot of hours, but I also, I died a lot, you know? So Yeah, you actually, I think, you died 10 times more than I did. <laughs> that's why I have so many less enemy kills with that amount of time. That's great. I guess the, I guess the ultimate point is, yes, Andrew had the most stats, because he played the most, and congratulations, Andrew. Thank you. You get the award for nothing. Oh, thank you. I'll accept this award. <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, all my fans out there for, uh, you know, all the hard work I put in. <laughs> but anyway. Yourself and the no one that you know other than us. But anyway, I guess getting to our final thoughts here. Keith, what did you think of Enter the Gungeon? I think I said it at the beginning and I stand by it now. I really liked this game. I thought it was a ton of fun. It doesn't try to be more than it is. It's an iceberg of a game. It's just you know you can scratch the surface or you can dig deep on it and there's so much to it i think i gotta give it a solid 80 yeah i mean i'm I'm pretty close to kind of where you are as i said at the beginning yeah this is a total game for me i think this game just has a lot of charm to it i love the ton of pop culture references in the game i think the guns are super unique i enjoyed the bosses the enemies everything about this game is just a really solid package and like i said it's only like a gig big so it's super quick to download you can just play it real quick and just put it down if you want so for me, this is, I think, an 85. I think you should definitely try it. It's a lot of fun. And if you have a, someone to play with, it's good co-op. Well, I'm with Keith. I was going to give it an 80. And I almost kind of felt bad about it, but it's a game that, like I said before, I'm not going to progress. And I thought the ending looked anticlimactic. And I, I enjoyed it, but it's not a game that I'm going to be itching to play in the future. But looking at Metacritic, Xbox 85 for Critics. 
7.1 for users, and it's kind of similar for Switch, PC, and PS4. They don't get too crazy different. I noticed a lot of people really hate roguelike <laughs> games. That's something that I noticed in the comments. Um, some complaints, visual chaos is non-stop in combat, and that the floors go on too long. And a lot of people recommended a game I hadn't heard of, Binding of Isaac. Yeah. And they kind of compared it to that and said that one's so much better. And a lot of people didn't realize that you could change the controls and two sticks to one stick, unless that's something that's new. A lot of people, these comments were from... I mean, yeah, this is the first twin stick shooter I've seen that actually has, like, where you can only play with just one stick and have it auto-aim for you. Yeah, so maybe people didn't know that, but... I thought it was interesting. Someone said the game was made to fight against you and it punishes mistakes rather than rewarding success, which is what you guys said. You guys said the opposite about how it rewards success when you, you know, beat the boss without getting hit. Yeah. Things like that. So I kind of see both sides of that. And then lastly, something that I kind of agree with, the difficulty spike after level three is a bit much I don't think that by myself I got past, I think it's either three or four, and that's really embarrassing to say, <laughs> but it, just having other people write that, I kind of don't feel as bad about it. I didn't notice too much of a spike. Like I said, I think it just felt like a spike because you weren't used to the enemies. Like, you obviously kept playing one, two, and three so much that you knew the enemies and you knew what to expect, but anytime you got to the farther areas, it was new to you. But I got to them a lot, and I still didn't make it. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I think the other thing is, too, is health can be hard to come by in this game. So that by the time you get to those levels, oftentimes you're running around with maybe one heart, and so everything is stressful and feels harder than it is. That's yeah, true. sometimes you can't even buy it from the shopkeeper, and sometimes you can. That's another thing, that it's just the luck of the draw. Yeah, but there you have it. Sounds like from all of us, this is definitely a game you should probably check out if you're uh, into this kind of style of game. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Just kind of wanted to go over some things. So we've actually been getting a decent amount of requests. So, Liz, with the upcoming... So thank you, first. Oh, yes. I apologize. Be polite, Andrew. <laughs> thank you all so much. We greatly appreciate our community, and we love when people just say hi to us. I always thought it was weird hearing other people be like, oh, we have a great community. Like, I never understood it until actually now that we have it. <laughs> so thank you all so much for just come and say hi, recommend games, talk to us. It really means a lot to us. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel appreciated. But, uh... This upcoming week, Liz, uh, those who are on our Twitter or Facebook saw that Liz kind of did a quick poll as to what game she wanted to pick. So it looks like next week we're doing Liz's pick, which is Overcooked 2. So we'll be uh, doing that this week. We really liked kind of the poll idea. So since we've been getting a good amount of requests from people, we do kind of feel bad where it's like, oh, well, what order are we going to go in? If we wait, this might take too long. So we actually might start doing more polls. And so if you want to nominate a game... We might put up onto a poll and uh, check out our Facebook and Twitter and tell us what you want us to do. And we'll more than likely try to hit up that game sooner than later. So you can check us on Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag, uh, which the poll on the Facebook one isn't really quite working. So it's a little more difficult because you'll actually have to write a comment. But it's easier to vote on our Twitter, which is GPGBpod. Or you can also write us an email to nominate a game at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. And we are also have a YouTube, which I'm kind of falling behind. I'm still trying to catch up on the holidays, which is kind of sad. But yes, we do have a, a YouTube as well with Game Pass Grab Bag. So it'll have some of our gameplay footage as long as with the episode that you're listening to now. So go check that out. But I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can follow me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I also have a Twitter with the same name. And my mixer is the same name as well. And I'm still Keith. And I'm on Twitter. That's Keith Lynch 121 I'm on Xbox, a little fluffy, and that's all that matters. 
We just sound depressed. <laughs> I'm always impressed. I'm not. Did you say depressed? Yeah, depressed. No, oh, I just we're confused. I don't know. <laughs> follow me. Don't follow me. I don't really care. And I'm Liz the Noob Gamertag coming on D, and I'm on Twitter at Liz the Noob. Noob is E W. And I also wanted to say as well that we've been posting when we're streaming. So Andrew streams a lot. Sometimes I join him. Sometimes I don't. So we post that on Facebook and Twitter as well. So if you want to catch us streaming. You can find us there. Yeah. So don't be a stranger. Say hi. We greatly appreciate it. And we hope to see you again next week. Bye. See you.